This week on A Lively Experiment, the General Assembly calls it quits for now. But this year's business isn't quite done yet. And the city and state step in to rescue water fire, allowing for an abbreviated season beginning later this summer. A Lively Experiment is generously underwritten by for more than 30 years, A Lively Experiment has provided insight and analysis of important political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm John Hazenwhite, Jr., and I'm proud to support this great program in Rhode Island PBS. Joining us with their perspective, Leanne Senek, National Committee Woman for the Rhode Island Republican Party, Attorney and Legal Analyst Lou Polner, and Corporate Communications Consultant Dave Lehman. Hi everyone and welcome to Lively. There was a time when the last night of the General Assembly session in June or July meant everything was done and lawmakers wouldn't see each other again until January. But the last couple of years they've returned in the fall and it looks like the agenda for an almost certain fall session is growing. We'll get to some of what you can expect this fall, but let's talk about what happened as the leadership banged the gavel for the last time on Thursday night. Lou, um, I think this was a session that just people wanted to get through. The budget's the main thing, but the budget's a lot easier this year because they got a lot of money, right? <laughs> but it's a shame. I don't, I mean, I, Speaker Sakarchi was right. You got to use every single dollar that the federal government gives you, and I accept that. But the fact is, he was touting the fact that these new programs that they're starting are prepaid three years going out. Right. And I said, that's great. But a $13 million budget, what happens in three years? We're the state that, again, let me say it one more time. We do not have a revenue problem. We have a spending problem. So all these new programs that are paid three years out, we're going to be on the hook for three years out. So uh, the law officer's Bill of Rights, I was upset that they couldn't move that through. He said there was no consensus. There's never going to be a consensus on modifying the law enforcement officer's Bill of Rights. Either you have the courage to make changes or you don't. And finally, legalizing marijuana was a no-brainer. Massachusetts to the left, Connecticut to the right, and here it is, Rhode Island stuck in the middle with nothing. So, yes, they may be coming back in the fall, but they haven't done a damn thing in the last year and a half. They could have stuck it out for another month or so and hammered out these important issues. Just just saying. Yeah, we'll get to that stuff that, that like you talked about in the fall. Your general impression, Leanne, on the budget? Well, the budget, you know, $13 billion is always something that just astounds me that we can actually spend that much money in a year um, and still have roads that are in poor shape, still have bureaucracy out of control, Eleanor Slater, things that are happening there. All this money, where is it going? So I would just like to see more fiscal accountability. Um, where have we spent this money in the past? Why hasn't it been used effectively? And we haven't addressed that at all with this budget. And, and again, getting that money from the federal government, yes, obviously we want to take it and take advantage of it, but shouldn't we be using that to, to plug those holes that we couldn't afford to, to do before? And Absolutely. To, to be looking at you know more fiscal ways that we can better ourselves in the future going forward rather than creating a debt going forward that we're going to have to cover. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Amen. And I, I don't see the, the fiscal responsibility there that we'd like to see. My, uh, my sentiments are the same as yours. Uh, I, I've wondered about this uh, three years from now. Uh, what happens to these programs that were funded? I mean, this was really easy. I mean, I, in, in my memory, I don't know when we've had an easier budget year. Uh, than this one because we have this federal money that's available and I think there's even more that is untouched. Yeah. But when you have program, if you start a program 
and you fund it for three years, what happens after that, as you were saying, uh, Lou? Uh, do you kill the programs? No, or, or we do you can't fund do that. Of course, no, never no, no, of course no. I, I, that would be anti-Rhode Island. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so, so you, you really have a commitment there, which is, which is very concerning. Uh, one of the things I did like, and maybe it's because there was money around this year, I thought that there was a lot less acrimony uh, this year. Now, that may have been because of the pandemic. They, they were in different places. Uh, you know, the legislature was not in session uh, at the State House. Um, and maybe it's because of Shikarchi. Joe Shikarchi uh, has, a, has a, a, I think, a, a really good personality for yeah. the job. I think he's gotten people to play nice in the, in the sandbox. But again, when you've got all this money, you take a lot of the acrimony out of it right off the bat. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked about this. I've had somebody say, uh, somebody here a couple of weeks ago said, oh, the Rhode Island promise, it's only $7 million and it's only here. But, you know, that old saw that if you, you add up, it, it becomes real money. You yeah. know, $7 million yeah. here, $10 million here. Yeah. And all of a sudden, my question is, can they go back next year when the federal money, so, it's, so it was $9.4 billion just three years, two years ago, right? right? So who's going to propose a budget? I mean, he post, proposed the budget for $11 billion. Which and is it last became, year's right. right. So how do you go in reverse? We've never done that before. We never have, and that's a scary thought because there's no way that we're not going to be able to increase taxes going forward on people. Um, there's the whole thing with the pandemic. There were industries that were hit hard by this, and we're doing what we have to to help them out now. But how do we sustain that going forward without everyone having to pay for that? You know. what, what we're doing is just pushing it down the road further and just pushing it out so that eventually those chickens are going to come home to roost and we're going to have those bills to pay. What surprised me, Lou, some of the larger companies, you know, the PPP, Paycheck, uh, paycheck Protection, yeah. Rhode Island's the only one. Now, I realize it's for the upper limit companies, but like the Takeos and the, aren't those the businesses you want to take care of? You did a great interview with John Hayes and White Jr. Uh, when you were doing WPRO radio last week. And I remember, I'm, I remember him saying things that I would never would have expected from him. He was really upset because he borrowed a lot, a lot of money and well over the 250000 threshold that Rhode Island is now going to require that you pay taxes on. He was stunned, uh, and I've never seen him as angry as he was on if that. If they had told him ahead of time, exactly. you put it off to the side, or he told me, I might not have taken the money. Mm -hmm. But to say retroactively, and then they said, okay, they increased it to 250000 So now he said he's going to be on the hook for a half a million or a million dollars. Yeah. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money for the businesses. Uh, and there are a lot of businesses. I, I think a lot of the people watching this program probably don't know that. They may have gotten their paycheck, which would be a whole lot, you know, just a, a minuscule amount compared to the 250000 or millions. Some of them got millions Absolute of dollars. Absolute millions. I mean, I mean, a lot of money. And to suddenly realize that this comes with uh, a tax liability, uh, that's a little bit of a bait and switch. Yeah, no, taxes on the millions, like to your point, now we're talking real money. Mm -hmm. And I heard the, the stress in his voice. He was not happy. And because the governor, when they put together the budget, it accounted for $130 million or something that then he would have to make the difficult choice. If we decide not to tax it, how am I going to fill that gap? Exactly. Well, with all this money in a wash, isn't that the time you might want to use this as a one-time, right? It is. And when you look at those businesses, they received that money because they needed that to get through this pandemic. So now that we're on, on the tail end of it, 
we can't go back now and change the rules of the game. Oh, and again, we can. We not, did. Not knowing going in, um, and how many businesses didn't know when they when they applied for these? You didn't know if you were going to be forgiven. You didn't know what the interest rate was going to be. Because Congress know a didn't lot of know. the terms, mm-hmm. so they didn't know. So, so now that we're going back to say that yes, you're going to have to, and Florida to be the only state to do it, really is telling because, mm-hmm. obviously, other states realized that this was a necessary. Uh, procedure to help these businesses keep them going through this pandemic. Which goes right back to the fact that we have one of the worst business climates mm-hmm. in the entire nation, and this just reinforces that. 50, we're, we're number yeah. 50, according to CNBC. I'm, I'm and, shocked. I'm and shocked. just about everybody else. <laughs> but it, it, you, obviously, you, you know that this is a, a perennial problem of that course, we have. Of course. You know, every year we end up on, on the, the, the top of the worst list, which is unfortunate. Before we get into some of the specific issues, you had a chance to talk to Speaker Sakarchi this week. Tell me I a did. little about that conversation. I had a good conversation with him. Talking, I was sort of interested uh, in a macro way how he felt it went, given this was his first term as Speaker, and also about what he thought uh, they had accomplished. And uh, I asked him about the IGT, you know, uh, the fact that they committed to a 20-year plan. and Which we uh, talked about two years ago uh, almost every week, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, we, we did. It's almost not even mentioned now. But, uh, but he said he felt that he got a better deal. He negotiated up a little bit. Uh, I'll leave that to others to decide whether, whether that was significant or not. But he felt as though these are really good-paying jobs. I guess he kind of felt like you, you just can't, you, you can't leave these jobs in alert. You've got to take the risk. And he feels that, that, that it was a good gamble. Uh, regarding the marijuana and the um, and uh, you know the uh, bill of rights, the law enforcement officers' bill of rights, uh, they're going to. He said there's a 50-50 chance. This is what he, a quote from him. There's a 50-50 chance that they're going to have a session in the fall to work that out. He he says he is committed to getting to getting this worked out. His main concern about marijuana isn't that it that we're not going to do it it's that we need to do it in a way that the state gets a fair share of it and also that it turns, doesn't turn out to be a monopoly for those who are already in the business he wants to be sure that there's an opportunity out there for other people as well i thought they agreed on the lottery system which made all the sense in the world well yeah. there were competing pl- uh, plans between the governor and the senate president and again you have to have the courage to sit there and make a decision mm-hmm. we're getting killed on both sides of us it's, I just think it's irresponsible, just mm-hmm. irresponsible, the tax money we're losing. Let's talk about the Law Enforcement Officers' Bill of mm-hmm. Rights. Um, I had Jim Vincent on the radio this week. I was filling in. Now, he's on one end. Let's abolish it altogether. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. And then you have the, the police union here. And I, there's a lot of middle ground in terms of the panel, uh, the punishment, and all of that. You would have thought with all of this study that went in, they could have gotten to something mm-hmm. this month and not kicked it down the road. In a way, I'm glad that they kicked it down the road in this instance because if they can't come to a consensus, if, if we're not making either side happy, if we're not finding something that's going to actually work, then it's better that we wait and not have that kind of knee-jerk reaction um, when we're seeing things that happen that are fueling those things, that we're not necessarily taking those steps back to see what is actually going to work. When, you know, when, when incidents happen with the police, when there's police-involved shootings, there's an investigation. All of those things are, are gone through, and it, people need to feel that their voice is being heard and they're being represented in that as much for the police side as as for the the victim side or the the criminal side so i think 
striking that balance is going to be very difficult because you have the again the police unions on one side you have um, advocacy groups on another side and trying to get something in the middle that's going to actually work for people going forward it's important that we take the time to do it right rather than rush into something <laughs> whose head is coming off yeah. he's shaking his head I don't think you can rush into something like that and, and at we've what detriment what detriment to both sides is there years, though, Leanne. I mean look to lose point Nothing's going to change. This is about labor versus management prerogatives. It, it's really that simple. And short of somebody just, you know, getting knocked off the horse going into Jerusalem, uh, we're not going to have much of, uh, much of a change. It, it, it's almost like an abortion argument. Or, you're either for it or you're against it. There's no real middle ground. And, and there, it's going to be very hard to find middle ground. It's like gun control. I mean, there is no middle ground. Sakarchi specifically said, I'm looking for consensus. That's not ever, ever, ever going to happen. So either you have the courage to make these decisions and pass the laws, or you don't. Yeah, but how? So you, you put but, the... Go ahead. I was thinking about the gun control. We, there was a good bill that they passed as far as getting reporting on, on the gun stuff and, yep. and knowing what's actually happening with those. If they don't have that information, how can they legislate further? How can you say that these, this law is going to make sense for us to take these rights away from people when we don't even have the reporting to see if that's what's actually happening? How many gun crimes are actually happening? What reporting is that and how we can break that data down? And I feel the same way kind of about the, the police law enforcement laws. But I understand... It, it's labor versus that, but when you're looking at the, the, the volatility today towards police, towards the, the way that people are viewing them, we need to make sure that we're protecting them too. And uh, again, I don't want to see any type of defunding for the police. I want to see obviously training and everybody working together and working towards a better end. But if we're just going to have that knee-jerk reaction and take things away from people and take away protections that help our police who are in our community there to help us, I, I don't think that's a good thing. I'm, I'm glad that they're going to work it out. To the legislature's credit, if they weren't going to be able to tackle the Law Enforcement Bill of Rights reform, at least now every single officer in the state of Rhode Island is going to be wearing a body camera. Yes, that is and money that well does, spent. Mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. money well spent, and that does cure a lot of ills. Mm -hmm. and yes. like We've I already said, seen that in the case in Providence just yeah. in yes. the last day. Yeah. Yeah. Two, right. The video doesn't lie, does no, it? No. Doesn't, no. Right. But, but I also wonder, you know, and I talked to Jim about this, you look at the other side, to your point, it is hard to recruit police now. I mean, look at the state police. They've had always had the issues with minority representation, with all of what's going on. And look, I know there's some bad apples out there, but all these guys are trying, and women trying to go out and do a, do a good job. The, the recruitment, if there aren't protections in some way, I agree that it needs to be reformed, but it's so difficult to get law enforcement now. I just wonder if you upset this, what effect that has, or whether it's irrelevant. When you allow cops to be sued for some sort of a malfeasance on the job and they lose that immunity that they've always enjoyed, who wants to be a cop? Right. right. Mm -hmm. Nobody. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, you see the, the SWAT teams in states, entire SWAT teams are retiring. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was in, in Oregon. Mm -hmm. It's like, how are you possibly going to have a police force that you can trust and rely on? But, 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 the, but the issue here, though, is, is different. It, it, it's, a, it's holding police officers who have been accused of, of wrongdoing in the, in the operation of, their, of their, their work. But we do that. Look at we this guy, Donlin, out of uh, Pawtucket. They just charged him with four or five felonies for shooting well, And that, that was pretty right. clear because yeah. of the video. But uh, yeah. the, it, I think the problem is some of these, look at Hanley. 
in Providence. It gets so drawn out. Yeah. You're paid the whole time. You yeah, can't right. suspend for more no, than two right. days. It's mm. a three-person tribunal that a lot of times you can't really get the right mix of people, and then they appeal. So these things can go on for a year, and a guy mm. or a woman is collecting full pay. You're being kind mm. on the year. Uh, that, yeah, yeah, with Hanley, that's going to drag on. Yeah. So, Two and three years. Well, uh, the point is, uh, if, if there's a serious infraction, and that's really what this should rise to, uh, I think I think you've got to put the responsibility in, in management. I mean, there is there's a reason why you have management. They manage, and and their job is to is to work through the problems, solve the problems, and to direct personnel in such a way when they when they are in 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 wrongdoing or they step out of line, they need to be able to have the uh, the tools handy in order to do that. I'm I'm pro police. Believe me, I'm pro police, but I also think. And, and Jim, you and I have covered police for for decades, and very often you'll you'll see a very different attitude when a police officer is charged with something, when somebody when somebody off the street gets charged with something. Uh, they're referred to as perp walks. Uh, that means where the police will will take a, a, a suspect and walk him out for the cameras. Uh, that almost never happens if a police officer is charged with things. I sat there in amazement as a, as a news director and as a news reporter that that if something happened with a police officer, nobody would talk to you about anything. You couldn't get details about it, whatever. If it was Joe Schmo, oh, they'd tell you everything. Uh, no, not everything, but most everything you needed to know. So there, there's this different level of approach, and I just think there needs to be fairness. And if you've got a, a, a three-person tribunal that's going to discuss this or determine the outcome of it, the way it is right now, it is perceived as being mostly pro-police. It's not considered to be fair. So this is something that smart people at the legislature, and Joe Shikarchi is a smart guy, uh, Ruggiero is a smart guy. They should be able to work this thing out. This should be about fairness, and it should be about good management. What, what it, would you have done if, if, if a piece of legislation, let's say you could craft it right now, what changes would you make? I would definitely have let the police chiefs have more responsibility and capability of punishing the officers immediately. And that could be without pay. I think, I, like you, the law enforcement officers' bill of rights, they have one one party that they choose. It's a three panel. Mm -hmm. Then one that the chief, and then there's a those two pick a thing. Independent. Yeah, and there's nothing independent about it. Mm -hmm. So I think that the chief should have. Again, the chiefs, the buck stops with them. They ought to have the ability to say, no, you're suspended without pay until this investigation is over. And if we find that you are cleared, we will reinstate your pay. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. Retroactively. To be continued, because we have a lot of uh, other things to get to. Waterfire was on death's door this week until the Providence City Council decided after a huge outcry, oh, you know what, we can find $300,000 Commerce Corporation, which made it very challenging for small businesses to get any money during the pandemic. They found $300,000. So, um, look, nobody disagrees Water Fire is a great situation. Uh, it's been struck by the pandemic. I wonder, some have questioned, is this a proper use of taxpayer money? And it may be, could because of the multiplier effect with businesses. Your thought? I think it is. If you okay. look at the businesses that are going to be affected by bring water fire back, those are the businesses that were hit the hardest during the pandemic. Restaurants, hotels, the hospitality industry, the gig economy, artists, people who don't um, weren't able to show their work. So 
it, it's a huge investment and it's actually not a, a lot of money. We're looking at a $13.1 billion budget mm. and you're talking about 300000 here and 300000 <laughs> well, there. Well, 300000 there, 300000 here, $7 million, that's but, real money. Leanne. But this is money that's going to actually have a, a, an, effect. A, an effect. A multiplier It's going to multiply you know effect, what, absolutely. To, to, to Leanne's point, the tax revenue alone from the people that are mm -hmm. going to be mm -hmm. entertained, dining out, it's all going to come back to them. Yeah. I, I, I have... That, that's the easiest decision yeah, to make. That was a no-brainer. That was one. what you felt, uh, yeah, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, this is economic. Frankly, it's economic development. And what's different now than maybe a year and a half ago is that you've got a downtown that has been largely dead. I mean, mm. people have to realize this. If you don't go downtown uh, Providence, it, it's uh, it, it's very mindful of the uh, of the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s because of the pandemic. Mm. We, the infrastructure is all there. It, it's a beautiful downtown. But Water Fire, if you talk to people who have been to Water Fire uh, and they're not from here, they will tell you that's one of the greatest experiences. There, there are countries yeah. around the world. Mm -hmm. There are cities around the world yeah. that have offered to pay uh, Barnaby Evans the fee because it's sort of essentially copyrighted or trademarked for Providence. And so this is a real gem that we have. It brings people into town. It raises the morale of, 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 our, of our, our citizenry. But it also raises our, our stature when people see this when they're in town for a convention. And it's so the kind it, of event that there's never any crime. Yeah. It's very calm. It's very relaxing. They it's got very that whale music playing. It's every, very <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. calming. But, but think about that. How, how, yeah. how often can you have right. 10,000 people descend on a city? And it's a beautiful, lovely evening where everybody's enjoying this. And sometimes yeah, it's 20,000 people. Exactly. I think the frustrating thing is we now know it takes planning. Even with this, it looks like the earliest he's going to be able to do it is early September. They should have been having these discussions two months ago. Dave, we were in Amsterdam on that trip that I consulted with you because you know Holland well. Uh, that we, were, we were at, I think, the Anne Frank House. Yeah. And somebody found out we're from Rhode Island. They said... You have that crazy judge and fire on the water. It was Judge Caprio and, and water fire. The guy was falling. He knew about it. It's just it, amazing. So. Well, when you look at this water fire mess that the city council created really for itself, it reminds me of, uh, of a quote about that from Napoleon that, uh, that stupidity is in politics is not a handicap. Mm. Mm. Okay. Let's, uh, let's do outrages, then we have a couple of other things to get to. Leanne, what do you have this week? Outrage or kudos? Um, I have kind of a mix of both. My outrage is just the um, election process in New York City, the way that that played out in that mayoral race, um, not being able to determine a winner. After they went to the same thing with their congressional race, not being able to declare a winner. They had 135,000 additional votes that were test ballots that were added to their totals. <laughs> it's I mean, not it's a just, great endorsement for ranked choice it's, it's voting. It's terrible. It's just terrible. And, and you talk about you know, want not to disenfranchise voters. That is the greatest disenfranchisement you can have, is to have people not feel that there's any security within that election system. It's just a terrible thing. But my kudos go to the United States of America. It's, you know, our July 4th celebration, 245 years of the American experiment, and no matter what, this is still the greatest country on the face of the earth to live in. And um, I love this country, and happy birthday. Well said. Dave, what do you have? Uh, actually, it's a, a kudos to, uh, to the New York Times. Uh, they have put together a 40-minute uh, video of the January 6th incident. Uh, this underscores a couple of things. I know this is probably dear to your heart. It underscores the importance of independent journalism, uh, hardworking journalism, 
Half the reporters uh, in the United States uh, in the last 15 to 20 years, their jobs have gone away. Uh, if you want to be a swindler or a bad politician, this is the best time to do it because there are very few people who are watching. Uh, current company accepted with Jim Hummel and the Hummel Report. So I, I really want to send a kudos to the New York Times and the Washington Post, and especially with the coverage that they've given this, but also it's, I'm, I'm very glad to see that uh, there have finally been some uh, uh, some indictments with the Trump uh, uh, administration. Oh, I shouldn't say the administration, the Trump business. And those and those newspapers, the Times and the Wall Street Journal and the Post and the Boston Globe, to a lesser extent, had made it work because they've really put an emphasis on digital uh, subscriptions, yeah. bringing in money without having to really spend money, which yeah, is good, exactly. which then they can plow into the investigations. Counselor, what do you have? Cautionary tale, the legislature in the state of Oregon on June 26th passed uh, legislation that allows all undocumented illegal immigrants who are in Oregon uh, will now be eligible for Medicaid free of charge, and the Democratic governor, Kate Brown, is expected to sign that bill into law. Cautionary tale. My outrage is to the woke and the Me Too crowd who are decrying the Pennsylvania Supreme Court's overturning Bill Cosby's conviction. If you read the decision, the judge in that case and the prosecutor in that case not only denied him due process, but they, they broke the law in allowing that matter to go to trial. First and foremost, the previous prosecutor said, if you testify in a civil deposition to the woman who we're talking about who testified as the victim, then we will not prosecute you criminally. That's a promise. They did. And then he went and he did four civil depositions mm -hmm. in which he admitted administering quaaludes to the woman that he wanted to have sex with. And then on top of that, they allowed other women to come in and testify that in uncharged crimes, never heard before, they allowed several other women to come in and testify about similar incidences. The Supreme Court said that's garbage. Why didn't the trial judge catch that? Why didn't mm -hmm. anybody yeah, bring why that, was that up? Brought oh, up? they did. Why did he have to spend two years in prison? Didn't. They brought it up. It was all part of pretrial motions. Mm -hmm. The judge denied all of them. Mm -hmm. And so it went to trial. He was convicted. And a lot of times you get to stay out of prison pending your appeal. Mm -hmm. Here, because it was the first major case, mm -hmm. the prosecution and the, and the Me Too mm -hmm. movement, that everything was denied. He was convicted wrongfully, unlawfully, and he had to do almost three years out of a three to ten year sentence. And I have to tell you, to the woke and to the Me Too, I'm sorry, suck it up. You would want those protections if it happened to you. Well, I think it's there for the grace of God go we on any of these things. I always felt the same about Buddy Cianci. You know, he was convicted. We all felt, you know, he probably did a lot more. Yeah. Uh, God rest his soul. Mm -hmm. But look, if that was you, you or me in that chair, you want to have those. So... I think, look, I think a lot of those allegations probably were true with oh. Bill Cosby, that's, but that's not the he issue. Admitted no. yeah. 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 He admitted yeah. to it. It's He admitted to it in a civil deposition, right. which right. shocked everybody. You thought, mm -hmm. well, well, the other thing is uh, the district attorney, uh, Bruce Castor, who's now uh, uh, in, in, uh, in the Congress, uh, how in the world does he have the right to give this guy blanket immunity going forward? I mean, that's, you know, that's one. He, but he made the decision that this case cannot be successfully prosecuted criminally beyond a reasonable doubt. So we said the carrot and the stick. If you will submit to deposition civilly, and he did, he admitted to the quaaludes, he admitted to what they alleged he did, yeah. and that woman, Constant, 
received a very, very healthy civil settlement. Right, in so, exchange for him waiving his Fifth Amendment right. Exactly. So the reality is, is that he kept his end of the bargain and the judicial system didn't. Yeah. Again, maybe not the result you like, but it was the, but for the grace of God, you want those protections. Yeah. Did you want to weigh in on that, Leanne? No, I just want to say, but for the grace of God, one of the things that we didn't get to was Britney Spears. I know you, mm. you wanted to bring that up too, but I mean, you, we think about what's happening with, with her case. How is that even possible? And I'm going to ask you, Lou, as, a, as an attorney, how is that happening she's to this woman? She's 33 and she's, she's still under these restrictions. And she's right? under these yeah. restrictions, and she's not a person who's institutionalized. How she's is that, in her Lou? mental faculty, she's performing. In my opinion, she's got bad lawyering. The, the but lawyers, she can't choose her own lawyer. That's, no, that's part of the that, problem. That's, but and the lawyer, the private lawyer that was appointed for her, was making millions. Wow. Whose best interests were being served? Yeah. The lawyers and All her right, father. I'm, I'm calling it right here. She needs to call Lou Polner. <laughs> Lou right. Polner could get Britney Spears out from under the conservatorship. Uh, folks, that is all the time. But you know what? We are not done yet. we got two other issues to get to. We want to talk about Eleanor Slater Hospital and masking up in school for elementary kids. That's going to be on our special bonus edition, Lively Extra. So go right now to ripbs.org slash lively. You can see that. For right now, thank you, Lou and Leanne and Dave. We appreciate it. And folks, just a programming note for next week. Our staff is going to be on vacation while we enjoy the 4th of July holiday, but we are going to bring to you a special encore presentation, one of our most uh, popular lively shows when I sat down with my previous uh, moderators who sat in this chair, Diana Kelsch and Steve Cass and Jim Hagan. As we do a 30th anniversary show, we'll have the encore presentation. For the rest of you, come back next week, two weeks from now, as the lively experiment continues. Have a great weekend. A Lively Experiment is generously underwritten by. For more than 30 years, A Lively Experiment has provided insight and analysis of important political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm John Hazen White, Jr., and I'm proud to support this great program and Rhode Island PBS.